Good evening and welcome to episode one of News of the World, an idea dreamt up by myself, Patricia and Lee. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right, man. How are you? Yeah, great to see you. Yeah, and uh, thanks for coming on. We'll see whether this works. We'll see whether there's an interest for it and, and uh, a passion for it. It's uh, a break away from me from talking about true crime and football on this channel. And we'll get a chance to talk about anything and everything. And of course, anyone in the chat, if they want to chip in, uh, please feel free. And uh, we'll come with a, a subject matter each, each week. Uh, we'll all have an opinion on it. We might agree. We might disagree. Who knows? Uh, and of course, We'll make the chat a relevant part of it and also bring people into the show as well. We might have guests on every week. Uh, let's just see how it goes. As with everything on this planet, uh, planet, uh, it, it's mad at times. Uh, there's lots of news stories going around. And I guess I'll start the ball rolling by a man who's uh, never been off my TV screen uh, all the way through the pandemic, but even more so now, uh, usually looking as perplexed and as worried as that. And it is uh, Boris Johnson. And... Um, I wanted to start with Partygate um, because I've got to be honest, I'm getting rather bored of it as a as a, yeah. a, a, a resident of England in the northeast of England. Um, what I really want to know is, is the cover rate going down? Uh, what on earth are we going to do with rising energy prices, um, which really are, are going to go through the roof over the next few months? And you know, why are we concentrating on how many parties Boris has had? It turned down in street. That really doesn't bother me. And this tit for tat, and I watch it because I'm of a certain age now. I sit and watch um, Prime Minister's question time. I sit and watch these discussions in the Houses of Commons. And, I, and I've got to be honest, it's boring now. It's boring. It's in the hands of the Metropolitan Police, and I'm sure we'll come to them later as well, by the way. But it's, you know, for me, it's time to move on. Um, and the Conservatives really need to act a little bit quicker and get rid of this guy if they've got no faith in them. But at the moment, it's getting boring. Um, I'm not sure what you feel, Patricia. Is Are you the same mindset as me? Are you, I mean, you're sitting in Ireland, so it's it's slightly different rules and regs over there. We've seen some massive developments in politics over there. Uh, yeah. but what, what's your take on, on all of this and how this has all been managed at, at 10 Downing Street? I mean, it's sad to say that we're getting bored of the constant scandals coming out of Downing Street. There seems to be no end to it. But at the same time, I think the pressure has to be kept on, Steve, because, I mean, if I asked Boris Johnson the time, I'd have to check my watch because you can't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. So I don't think that uh, Britain deserves a prime minister like that. And you mentioned issues that in Northern Ireland today, the north of Ireland, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's another Tory mess along with the DUP. They're a government that can't be trusted and you have to blame the leader. And the very fact that he was part in, in some way to these parties, he knew they were taking place. I know people who couldn't even visit their dying relatives in hospital and he was having parties in Downing Street. It's an absolute disgrace and he should have went a long time ago. Now we are seeing that more and more MPs are adding to this vote of no confidence. But I mean, the, the Tory party should be shamed by him and I have to be honest I don't feel like a lot of them are I mean it's you have to feel sorry for the public I mean how how can they you know how can they expect things to get better 
when they've got a prime minister like that. So that's why I think party gets very important. And I mean, I did read on Twitter that it was a concerted cover-up that, you know, Sue Gray's report, full report was delayed and the Met Police are investigating. I mean, the Met Police guard down the street, they should have been investigating this a long time ago. But we will just have to wait and see. But yeah, I think the, the pressure should be kept on. Okay, Lee, what about you? Um, it's quite close to home for me, mate. I, Gerald, well, he's kind of first bumble with these parties. I actually had both parents um, in hospital in, in a real bad way. Um, so for me, it kind of touched on that nerve because I was given maybe, my dad um, was diagnosed with cancer, so I went for a big operation. So naturally, he was kept in intensive care. Four years, sorry, four days later, my mum was in intensive care as well. So I had two parents in intensive care while all this was going on. So I was obviously at my wit's end, wanting to see them. I got called into the hospital on the Saturday night to say goodbye to my mum. So thank God that the NHS had um, some kind of compassion there because if we'd have gone what he was saying, I would have never seen my mum again. You know, I never had to live on memories from three or four days ago when she was on the floor. So for me, it struck a chord. And I do think, I think you're right, Patricia, it's got to be followed up because if we're not following things like this up and they're at the very helm of everything, then we may or we may as well just pack up and go on. Mm. I mean, Blue Moon Boy's asking a question there. What do you make of Boris's digs towards Kira about Jimmy Savile? I mean, look, ill-advised, I would say, bringing something like that up. Um, he mm. clearly believes that that is something which... Um, you know, is is going to dig him out of the hole that he's found himself in. But that's that's what happens across the dispatch box. Unfortunately, things do go out of hand. I think, for me, I think the biggest thing that didn't get picked up by the newspapers is, and I, you'll have to forgive us because I can't remember who it was, but somebody on the Labour side stood up and accused the Tories um, of, of, you know, <laughs> has there been any drugs being taken at these parties, Patricia? And, and you're just thinking, well, why don't the newspapers pick up on that? Because I think it was Boris then responded about something along the lines of, well, you know, doesn't that happen at the Labour? You're just thinking, this is just ridiculous. This is this is, this is is my country. Um, I want guidance as to what, you know, what, what we can do. I want, I want things to, you know, you want the country to be looked after. You want to be looked after yourself as people. And all these idiots mm. are arguing about in, in, in Parliament is, is things like that. It's it just, it just ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? It's sure um, really, like I mean, it's an absolute mess, and, and uh, there's no end to it. I mean, you're you're waking up every day to new allegations. It's it's a mess. Yeah. It's shameful. I tell you what, I did see the other day. I very rarely tune into kind of the you know the politics side of stuff, but I saw grown men being kicked out of the you know the House of Commons or the House of Lords, whatever you want to call it. And I'm thinking these are grown men kicking other grown men out because they can't have a decent debate or get to a, you know, a point of uh, agreement. And I just think, like I said, we may as well pack up and go on, because if, if they can't sort it out, we haven't got the power to sort it out. So it's a mess. It is. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, obviously, the Conservative Party are the ones who have to make the decision whether they have a new leader. Uh, and I, I guess with all these letters uh, going in, uh, it will happen at some point, but it'll happen when they're ready. And, and that's the problem. And, and then you end up in that situation where you have somebody in charge who isn't, hasn't been voted in. 
that's the problem. So Rishi Shunak, I think, is the is the the paper is the media's favourite uh, for for going in. And is he going to be any better than than Boris Johnson? Um, you know, but you know, again, really, what should happen is if if he if he isn't doing a good job and he gets kicked out, maybe it should be changed so that there's a an election, an automatic election. But do you think, Patricia, that there's a that there's a good opposition because I don't. I mean, Keir Starmer is probably a step up from uh, from Corbyn. Uh, I mean, Corbyn brought all kinds of shame on the, on the Labour Party with some of his uh, anti-Semitic views and and some of the other stuff that was in his background. However, um, Keir Starmer doesn't really seem to be an upgrade, and the polls would suggest that you know should a general election be called tomorrow, then Keir Starmer's not really the man to take Labour forward either. I mean. If you're asking me, are there more trustworthy politicians in the Labour Party than the Tories? The focus has been on the Tories and there absolutely isn't. I haven't heard as much about the Labour Party. I mean, what do you do? It's, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess everywhere. In Northern Ireland at the moment, our ex executive has collapsed. We have no government because a party has decided to throw its toys out of the pram over the Northern Ireland Protocol. Again, a mess linked to the Tories, lies that were told, etc. I just don't know what state <laughs> the government is in in Britain, and I don't know what's better. I mean, what's your view, Lee? Do you think that, mm -hmm. you know, that Labour has more uh, potential to be a better government? I can't make my mind up. I, no, I've got no confidence in him. I think and that's the whole reason. I think that's the whole big debate here, isn't it? It's based of, you know, do you, do you stick with what you got better the devil you know? Um, I don't think there's anyone out there at the moment that is really capable of doing it. So if you spin the wheel and we end up with another idiot, the one thing I will say about Boris is we all know, listen, he's had a, he's had a tough gig, but that doesn't excuse him for what he did because for me, with the party gate stuff, it throws a whole world of... Um, doubt on actual you know if we start talking about coronavirus and covid these are educated people now on lockdown one they're partying when apparently the whole world was ending i mean we all like me and steve have spoke about probably you patricia as well on lockdown one we all did exactly what they wanted as in out for an hour's walk do the shops you know they, we did everything right and they're still doing that what they're doing it throws confusion to me on us is, is corona genuine was it really that bad? And there goes, obviously, opens up a few more doors about Corona. But if these are educated people and they're in the garden with 100 people basically on the lash, again, yeah. no trust. Yeah, the polls, that's the problem. Like, it's the polls that will decide. It will be the people voting that will decide. I mean, yeah, your point there, Lee, they're educated people. They treat everybody else as if they're not as intelligent i mean they, they treat the public like they're stupid and that angers me it angers me mm. to hear people crying when you know they they didn't see their relatives for months whether that was over covid being in the hospital dying from covid cancer and then to sit there and and try to mislead the public even more it's got to the stage and i think that's the most dangerous type of liar where they lie and they lie that much that you actually start going to yourself, is this just me? Maybe maybe they are telling the truth. And yeah. it's it's frightening. It's just frightening that, that there is a government like that in the UK. 
Good point from John from QDAC. He says, hundreds of MPs arguing and bickering every day over pathetic issues. Shut up, look at the real problems and fix them for the benefit of the country. And yeah, that's all we want, isn't it? That's all we want, a, a good government. And it's, it just be, it's beyond a joke, really, at times with Boris. He, he laughed and joked his way through being London mayor, um, it has to be said, mm. and uh, made so many mm. mistakes, faux pas, uh, told quite a few uh, untruths, it has to be said, and uh, okay. you know, still and still got voted in for a second term, and then we all voted him in. Um, in this in this country, he was voted in with a group with a good majority um, as prime minister. So I guess we get what we want. I, 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 just out of the blue here, um, America had a celebrity president. So Patricia. Do you think we'll ever see one of them in the UK? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think a ten Downing Street will might see Jeremy Kyle or Piers Morgan or Simon Cowell uh, walking out of the walking out of ten Downing Street? I don't know. Like I kind of fancy Alan Sugar as maybe Prime Minister. I think he would make a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good I shot. Hope, you know what? I kind of hope not. Um, I don't know. I don't particularly like Trump. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, he did do good things for America at that show, but I'm not a fan. I don't know. Like, I mean, anybody better than Boris Johnson? <laughs> I mean, what about Katie, what about Katie Hopkins? Oh, no, sorry, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Any price? Okay. Listen, well, there must be something about it because she keeps a baby in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how many times you want to get caught crashing your car, drunk, drugged up, whatever else, and then escape? She's never spent one day in jail. How? Yeah. Look, yeah, I mean, what we do, we need all, all, all of the politicians that sit in the cabinet in the House of Commons go and live for a week in the most impoverished areas in the UK, and go come back yeah. and change things because things will change then. Because if they had to live the life that some people are living in the UK, going to food banks, not being able to afford food bills. Watch how quick things change then. That's what should be done. Yeah, I would agree. Um, okay. Yeah, go on if you've got another point, Ellie. No, it was just it was just a basically that cost of living thing that, you know, I got sent something on Facebook the other day. And like you said, if they actually went and lived. So for someone on minimum wage in England, they would come out pretty much with 1278 quid a month, yeah? Now, they've kind of broke it down with rent, council tax, electricity. It pretty much leaves a person on the breadline. Let's say they've got a kid or whatever. It leaves them with £58 spare a week. Now, what happens if they need a new tyre on the car or they need a new front door? Or it's, again, it just, you know, piles into that. Go and live, go and live a week doing that and see how you get on. It's true. I mean, look, we're all going to struggle. Um, you know, trying to trying to hit the you know, it's hitting everybody. This it's hitting everybody across the country and and beyond. And and um and, and Rishi Sunak didn't really alleviate the problem today with with what he said. I mean, he's I think anybody between council tax bans A and D will get a hundred and fifty pound rebate. That's not really going to help when energy bills are going up uh, by such a big amount, is it, Lee? No, exactly not, mate. It's just talk and gestures all the time, isn't it? Without actually tackling the real problems. <clears throat> Are we paying for COVID here, Patricia? Do you think? Because I mean, there's been such a, 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 a hemorrhaging of money 
from from the from the you know from the chancellor's office i guess you know rishi sunak was the hero of lockdown you know we had furlough we had all of these grants given um, out to to businesses etc um they're now trying to claw back because this was just this was wide open for, to being abused this system you had people with dormant com- companies suddenly mm-hmm. claiming their 50 grand grants um they're now having to search and scrabble around for these people and find out where all this money's gone. Um, but I, I don't know, is, is, is this is this was this always going to happen with the fact that the country was locked down for the best part of the 18 months? I think they would like you to think that it's because of COVID. Um, I don't, you mean, if you mean to tell me the government has never in the past had talks about a, the possibility of a pandemic? Of course they have. They should have been prepared for this. We shouldn't have to you know, pay for their faults. So mm. no, I don't buy the, you know, the COVID thing, you know, it's because of COVID and we've paid this and furlough and, you know, absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next topic of conversation. Then it's the one that you suggested, Patricia. And um, I guess in times of need, we all uh, feel that, you know, we might need to trust in the emergency services and the police, of course, are one of our emergency services. And in London, they are served by the Metropolitan Police, uh, who are governed uh, by Cressida Dick. Now, this story that you you suggested that we talk about tonight um, really is one which has horrified and disgusted anybody who has heard it. And um, I've got a feeling that this has been a bit of a, a dead cat thrown to the media by this man, who, of course, is constantly under pressure. Um, but it was all about these text messages on WhatsApp. Um, you know, I mean, reading that kind of thing in a WhatsApp group Getting a woman into bed is like spreading butter. It can be done with a bit of effort using a credit card, but it's quicker and easier just to use a knife. F knows what she's on about. I just want to, on her, sent by an officer in reference to another police officer's girlfriend. Uh, mate, my missus is driving me mad. Command a baby into her and it might shut her up, bro. Um, that's one of a whole host of messages which we have seen um, you know, in the media this week. Uh, what was your initial thoughts on that, Patricia? I, I can't believe that police officers would write that. I mean, it's frightening to think that when you're in a situation where you need help, maybe you're a vulnerable female, you're having officers who are openly talking about that in WhatsApp groups to each other, joking about each other's girlfriends. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know any man like that. So it frightens me that there's police officers. By the way, which one of them, which has been promoted to sergeant, I I think I read in the paper today. I mean, what do you say? Why aren't they dealing with this culture? We're hearing about this. These text messages were sent years ago. We're only reading about it now. Nine out of the 14 officers are still in the police force. Why? I mean, Sarah Everyard should have been, I mean, the wake-up call that they needed, that that, that something needs to be done. Um, and i just like to know how they're going to tackle this. I mean, do, do, we, do these officers get classes on how not to be misogynistic and how not to make rape jokes about each other's girlfriends? I mean, how do, how do you deal with that? It's frightening. Well, I think, yeah. I think the point there, Patricia, is one of them policemen could be with twins and obviously what we'll speak about in a bit, one of them policemen could have actually been going to see the girlfriend of Mason Greenwood and you've got that kind of person turning up to deal with that event. And 
like you've just pointed out there. I mean, what again? Do you put any trust in that? You can't, can you? No. You can't. You, you, you genuinely no. can't. I mean, you know, it, it's only you know a matter of months since Wayne Cousins, of course, was jailed for the whole, you know, Sarah Everard case, and then we had the the protests, and and then you know women being manhandled and arrested by the Met Police, and uh, you know it just seems to be one thing after another. And Cressida Dick, of course, is the the head of all of this. Um, she had a meeting, of course, with the London Mayor. She was uh, essentially, um, I don't know what the, the term it was that was used by the London Mayor, but it was almost, I thought she'd been, you know, told to resign, but of, of course she hasn't. Should she resign, Patricia? I think Pretty Patel said today that there needs to be a change. And I would agree because how long has preceded Dick been there. I mean, it's been years and this happened under a watch. It's not working. Something else needs to happen. Somebody else needs to step in. And I think she should do the honourable thing and step down because she's not going to be sacked, I don't think. No, no, she won't. There's been, there's been so much negativity over the years towards her. I just, she's, again, she's another Teflon. She just seems to evade it and carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's well, the problem, isn't it? That's the problem. People, people just seem to survive. These people just seem to. These people who run, run, you know, the, the police, run government, whatever. It just seems as if they can get away for, get away with everything. From our perspective, we we are the ones who suffer. You know, we, we, if if it was us doing something uh, illegal, you guarantee if we got caught, we would, you know, we would we would have to resign or lose our job or whatever. And that's 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 the big issue here, isn't it? It just seems to be one room for them. And another room for, for them. Absolutely. If any of us had sent those types of text messages and work, I mean, that, that would have been the end. We would have been sacked. No looking Absolutely. back. Your career would have ended. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, anyone else in the chat got any points to make about that? Then please feel free to, uh, to chip in and uh, we'll uh, push your points uh, forward. Um, I want to talk about something a bit closer to home uh, for, for me, and it's YouTube. Um, the YouTube, the YouTube wars, Lee. Um, I just want to get your focus <laughs> just a little bit on that because you've been on a lot of these podcasts over the last uh, over the last couple of months, and um, you've probably sat and watched like I have some of the some of the fallout. Do you think all of that's genuine? The fallout that goes on on YouTube, and do you think there should be some kind of, um, you know, some kind of form that you need to fill in to be a YouTuber? Because certainly feels to me as if some people on YouTube are are going too far now. Um, you know, today sadly I lost a good friend of mine, uh, John from Jab, who sponsored the channel. Uh, you know, for, 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 you know, since since its conception, and, and you know, John John's a top top bloke. He's passed away at the age of forty after suffering an asthma attack yesterday. Um, and there's some horrendous videos being put up in the last forty eight hours about John. All completely true, all lies, all misleading. Um, and on the day that he's passed away, um, somebody even is insinuating that he's been murdered. Um, and I mean, this is something that the family could see, the family could read. Um, does there need to be a bit more of a governance on on YouTube, do you think, Lee? Absolutely, mate. We've got to the point now where it's pretty much like a lunatic asylum. Um, and obviously it ramps up of an evening when people have had a couple of beers or whatever they may do, a smoke, and they seem to think they can come on. I've literally had one today. If I could get it up on my phone, I'll show you. Of someone offering to come round to my house. And I think, what the hell? What are you on about? But yet... You know, you tackle these people and nine times out of ten, you know, they'll shut up or retract it. But 
it's it's so much negativity and it does affect people. I mean, we know Paul fighting trolls. I read some of the comments that he gets, mate, and it's it's beyond sick. Um, you know, going at, you know what the police officers were talking about. That's fairly mundane to what he gets. Um, so yeah, I think there's got to be some kind of online passports or some accountability because, like again, this is affecting people's mental health seriously. It is, yeah. I mean, Patricia, do you have much time to spend? You, you, you know, we, we all work quite hard, um, you know. But I mean, I've got to be honest. Over the last six months, especially, I've started tuning into certain channels and watching certain mm. programs, and some of it, I've got to be honest, is quite addictive. Now, that's probably because the television mm. is so poor. Um, mm. You know, the, 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 so, the so little to watch. But I end up engrossed in something like Karma Corner, which is my kind of sense of humour. I, I, I do laugh at it. Paul from Fighting Trolls, at least, just mentioned, is, is a really good channel. You get hooked by watching him just go on. I think it's the fact that he sometimes just completely doesn't pay attention to the viewers and starts eating, a, eating oh, some of his tea. And, yeah, yeah, but, but you know what? Yeah, exactly. It's just, but you know, I think it's personalities that make YouTube and it's the, it's the crack. We've yeah. all got different ways of doing it. But, I mean, have you watched any of this fallout, Patricia, and how people are going on? No. No, I haven't. I can only really relate to Twitter. Um, probably that's a platform I'm on most um, and you know some of the stuff that's posted on there you're like what on earth I mean I've been accused of all sorts I think somebody uh, well, at one stage accused me of spraying my own graffiti on walls that we talked about in the past Steve <laughs> who yeah. really seemed <laughs> running around and spraying walls with my name on it but anyway um, it's just I mean the online safety bill there's a draft bill that's that's going through Westminster at the moment I feel it's a bit too um too much I think um the onus is to feign social media giants so you know if YouTube doesn't remove comments harmful comments or harmful content as they put it they'll get hit with a massive fine Twitter will get hit. And I think that could lead to the over removal of um of comments just for fear of being fined, so it could, uh, you know, impact on free speech. But at the same time, I mean, how hard is it to, you know, anybody who's set up an account on YouTube or wherever, okay, right, you have two weeks to send over a form of ID if, you know, this is only going to be used if you cross a criminal threshold or, you know, you harass somebody or whatever, and, and it's on file. If you don't do that within two weeks, then, you know, yeah. Will delete your account, and from then on, anybody setting up new accounts, they they'll they can use a form of ID, and I think that will regulate it better and it'll make people think before they post, uh, because like I have suffered massive anxiety from and just from social media comments because I think it's you can't control it, and people can be really nasty, but at the same time, people can be really really nice. And, you know, you, you could get a hundred lovely comments and people being supportive, but it'll always be that one bad one that'll stick out. And it does. People are vulnerable. And a lot of vulnerable, vulnerable people don't have friends. They don't socialize and they go on social media for that, that um, you know, social aspect. And, and they should be protected. I think you're right. I, I, and I've got to be honest, I, it, in, the, in the early days, I would try to respond to people, but it's, it's a waste of time. It really mm. is. And, and as your followers go up and you get more people on and you, you know, it's great. You get, you, it's good to get followers, especially if you're doing promotions and stuff like I am, or you're selling books or you're promoting a podcast or whatever. However, 
um, you also are right. You can end up in that position where you you, you you could have a hundred people saying, "Keep on doing well, keep doing the great work, loving the content," and you just see that one person that calls you a bald Tory nonce, which is you know one of the one of the trolls' favourite things for for saying you know for, for, for saying to me. Um, it, as as time goes on, you do get a you do you know you just grow used to it. You just you know you block and you move on, and that tends to be what the social media people will say to you: block and move on. But um, unfortunately, the the social media companies are very slow to react in in getting these things changed. And I had one yesterday. Um, Holly, who comes on our show, she does a, sh- a Sunday show with me and talks about Newcastle United. She's you know she's come up to seventeen now, and and I'm constantly um, you know getting messages on on Twitter, for example, saying you're grooming Holly or you're doing this or you're doing that, and it's it's awful. It's awful for me. It's awful for her. It's awful for a dad who's on Twitter who sees all of that. Um, and that you know these people are clearly just young, faceless people on on Twitter who just want to you know just want to get some kind of reaction. And you know I reported those tweets yesterday, and I'm I'm pleased to say that they upheld my complaint. Uh, but the kid's still there. He hasn't been blocked. He hasn't been banned. He probably had ten minutes of you know ten ten minutes of not being on, uh, you know, not being on the, you know, the platform, and then he'd be back again, giving more abuse. Lee, you got it yourself, mate, and and you know, we, we, you know, we'll get it on this channel, we'll get it on this show because all three of us have had trolls. We'll get our own trolls. We've got good admin on this channel, and you know, everybody, will, you know, everyone will be protected. But Lee, you get it yourself, and there, there isn't a way around it until they start, basically, you know, d- take an ID. And if there's a strike against you on one platform on an IP address, mm. you should it should be one. You know, I would say maybe three strikes and you're out because maybe somebody can make a mistake. But if you're if you're a constant offender, it should be you should be out, shouldn't you, Lee? I think. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, also, as well, just picking up on what you said there. Obviously, with people calling you names like that, as an older man or as a person, it kind of withdraws you from interacting with people because you think, well, actually, I don't want this heat. You know, maybe maybe it would stop you maybe getting another young person on your show. So again, it's it's a societal thing, obviously, but we need to we need to nip it in the bud because otherwise we're going to end up becoming recluses because nobody will dare look at the phones for fear of abuse. Yeah, it's a good point by Paul Taylor Cookie says if you want free speech, talk to yourself in the mirror in your soundproof room in your super secret building inside a Faraday cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's I mean that's how farcical that is how farcical it is. You can't say anything, you can't do anything. And and unfortunately, it's my favorite saying you'll get sick of hearing a say it on here, but you put your head above the parapet, you're there to be shot at. We're all in the public eye for, for various reasons. And if you put your head above the parapet, then you know it's there to be shot at, sadly. And you're never gonna, you're never not gonna have an easy, an easy ride. And I've always said it's far better people talking about you than not talking about you at all. If you're in that position where you want to be talked about, if you wanna, if you've got something to sell, promote, or whatever, you know. So, yeah, it, I just think more regulation. And like you say, Patricia, ID is is the way forward. I mean, I, I can't remember, but I think it's is it. It might be Instagram or Twitter, but you have to, yeah, you do have to send like proof it to you. But you know, that maybe it's just, I don't know. I've often said maybe you're having your real name, but then sometimes it's companies that want to promote on Twitter, so that's impossible. But just having one person tied to the account, somebody who is responsible for that account. So if there is somebody who has a company where three or four people have access and somebody says, you know, something racist or homophobic or whatever then, you know, mm. that person who is responsible for that account is the person who, uh, who I'm afraid, has to take has to take a rap for it, Patricia. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can be anonymous if you want. You don't have to use your real name or but as long as there's something to link, you know, prove who is behind the account. And if they cross that criminal threshold, they can be held to account. I mean, I've had two rape threats to my children on there. I mean, it always already breaks laws and you know, still nothing's done. In fact, Facebook asked me what I had done to stop this person sending me a message. And you're like, what? I don't, how? How am I? I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm a journalist. I have to take unsolicited messages from people. So big attitude change is needed. And yeah, big tech need a wake-up call because they've allowed this to happen. Yeah. Lee, just coming back to the YouTube stuff. I mean, 3D Fight Club, something which I've 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 spoken about on this show before. I've supported it. Obviously, John from Jab, God bless him, was was involved and he was part of uh, of 3D Fight Club. Um it's been interesting, hasn't it? you you've been on Fight and Trolls account, you've you've been on there. He, he was probably one of the few who came out with any credit at that press conference. But what have you made of all of that? I mean, do you think that that whole thing between Ben and Ditchy and all that did did that seem contrived and was it was it a setup or do you think that was just all literally just emotions coming out on the day? I think it's emotion. I mean, if you look at the characters you're dealing with there, they're, they're obviously flammable lads, shall we say? Um, and then to put them all in a hypercharged room like that, I don't think it was staged, pal. I'll be honest with you. I think it was genuine uh, naughtiness going on. And like you say, Paul come out of it probably looking the best. Um, fair play to him but I've, uh, Liam was on Paul's channel last night and he, he pretty much was apologetic he said listen I was out of order um, it was a little bit underhand what they did wasn't it but I don't obviously that fight's not going to go ahead now but I don't know mate it's not dead in the water I don't think I think that might just be another little twist I mean, yeah, I've seen I've seen all the interviews come out over the last couple of days as well, and seeing people saying sorry, and then people taking the yeah, apologies back, etc. But it, it look yeah. any publicity is good publicity when you've got a fight on, and um, you know it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Do you ever fancy getting in the ring, Lee? Absolutely not, mate. This face is not for fighting. <laughs> Patricia, ever fancy getting in the boxing ring? God, I would just be leathered in the ring. I can't even jog, Steve. Like, never mind box. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lee, what have you brought to the table today? Right, we want to talk, well, I want to speak, Mike, about, we were talking about cost of living, yeah? Mm -hmm. Now, this is local to me, and it was actually on a local channel. And I think it was basically a lad going around with the camera, highlighting this kind of stuff. There's a hotel in Blackpool called the Metropole. I don't know if you're aware of it. One of the biggest in Blackpool. Uh, roughly about 300 rooms in it. And it's actually been used as one of these illegal immigrant kind of holding hotels, yeah? So mm -hmm. I kind of sat there and I thought, well, hang on a minute. What kind of cost to us is this? It's Let's say, it's, for instance, it's 50 quid a room, yeah? Because these people, it's full, by the way. These people are not going to be running the hotel. They're going to have kitchen staff there, hotel staff security staff, there's, so there's 300 rooms, yeah, at 50 quid a room. Per night, that's £15,000. £15,000 a night, do you know what I mean? And then for, for a month, you're looking at nigh on half a million quid. And you, let's say, for instance, you have four security staff and 25 grand, that's another 100 grand. And if this is one hotel in Blackpool, how many of these hotels around the UK at the moment? So if that's half a million quid, maybe all these energy prices and cost of living and you know, not being able to heat your home, maybe we should look at maybe addressing this kind of situation. All, be all because Boris can't say no to France. 
I mean, it's it's a situation I've watched um, for for a long time, and and, and obviously Brexit, um, that bloody Brexit, um, was was based on this. Nigel Farage, um, riding into town on his uh, silver horse, and you know, do this and vote for this and vote for that. That guy is interested in one thing and one thing only, and that's mm. himself, right? And mm. the British public who voted for Brexit were conned by Nigel Farage and and his accomplices. And ultimately, that's that's the situation we found ourselves in. Now we're out of the European Union. Um, I voted mm. to stay in. I didn't vote to leave yeah. uh, be, because I just felt it was a sham. There was no concrete evidence that anything was going to happen. And to turn around and say Brexit was going to solve the problem of immigration was a downright lie. Absolute boulder dash, yeah. as Boris would probably say. And, and, and ultimately... You know, he, he revels in it. He stands on he stands in the dispatch box, reveling in the fact we got Brexit through. You wanted to stay in. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, that there was anything great about being in Europe. What I because because ultimately there, there was daft things happening. Like you know, you, they were in control of everything. You know, every, every single thing they were in control of. And this, you know, they said jump. We had to say how I. You know, Germany, Germany were were basically being run by Germany without being taken over by Germany. Uh, and and that's yeah. the way it felt. But you know, is 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 everything on the other side of the the fence rosy? Of course yeah. it's not. It's causing a major problem now with with, with us in Ireland, which which I'm sure you know. I'm, I'm seeing nodding already, Patricia. Um, it's a mess. The country's a mess. We've got Scotland looking looking to move away. Nicola Sturgeon won't rest until she to, until she completely disassociates herself with anything over here. And and it's just an yeah. absolute it's just an absolute nightmare. So. I think you're right, but that's it's that's just another thing which needs sorting out. And this government oh, won't sort it out. This government, won't, this government won't sort it out, but the opposition couldn't sort it out anyway. Like, could they? They couldn't no. sort it out either. No. It's it's an absolute mess. I mean, did you? I mean, I'm I'm do, you know don't expect you to answer this. Did you vote for Brexit or not? No. I lived in Dublin at the time, so I know I didn't. Um, no, you didn't. I, 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 you didn't. I, well, I couldn't vote because I lived in Dublin. So, yeah. but I mean, I would have voted to remain. Absolutely, I would have voted to remain. Look at the mess that it's caused where I live. It's, I mean, it's a shambles. But then again, other people say that it's actually brought the north and south of Ireland closer together. So, um, people, there's some people that want a united Ireland, or there's some people that want a new Ireland. Obviously, there's people in Northern Ireland who want to remain part of the UK. But, I mean, the bottom line is it's a mess. So... It, it is, um, it is. The, 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 sorry, the interesting thing is as well, just on the, the kind of illegal immigrant side of things, there's obviously a humanitarian side that obviously we have to adhere to, and even as good people, we will do our bit. But I just think, why are we, why are we not showing any opposition to maybe... I mean, we're only a small island. Both are... Both our places where we live are small islands. What we're going to do is keep taking people for the rest of our lives. And another thing, just while we're on the matter, the the RNLI before Christmas were asking for donations of the public. What's that to do? Just go and pick people up off the south coast. Right, we're actually paying to go for them to be picked up off the south coast, then housed at half a million pound a month. I mean, come on. But what do I you mean, do, Lee? What do you do, Lee? Do you, do you allow them to die in the channel? And you mean, the, no, no, no. The, what, what, what do you do? What do you do? And um, I think, I mean, 
I, I know we, I knew we were going to talk about this, so we did a, a wee bit of research and I was trying mm. to figure out, you know, because in Ireland, like you say, very similar to what um, the, the Blackpool Hotel that you mentioned, in Ireland, there is actually not immigrants, families, families of four and five who, who have been in hotels for months. There's a housing crisis. The rents are ridiculous, especially mm. in Dublin. They've been living in hotels and the government are paying it. I know a hotel, and I'll not name it, that um, even when they could reopen after the COVID, well, you know, when uh, restrictions were mm. relaxed, didn't because they were fully booked out with families who couldn't get in social housing. It's it's an yeah. absolute mess. And once again, it's the government. I mean, you know, you, what are they doing? It's, but, you know, coming at it from a humane perspective, and I know people will say, well, we don't know who, you know, it is coming into the country. and But that's up to the government to regulate. But some of the, you know, the comments that I have seen online have been very xenophobic and racist. And I mean, and, and, and actually the UK is at the bottom of intake of immigrants over the last, I think the top one's Germany, then it's France, Spain and Greece. And I think the UK is down at the bottom. I mean, you've got to take in. You've got to take in immigrants because you know. Imagine if you flip the coin. Imagine if you were in one of those boats and you were you were wanting somewhere. You know, it would be awful if you got turned back. Mm. The problem we've got is it's with France. France, France, and, and the UK just can't agree on on this at all. France okay, aren't. Yeah. We've seen the footage on yeah. the news. The, the, you know, the police. The 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 monitoring the borders. Which means there's a, there's a police car there with a, with about three coppers in, all smoking French bloody cigarettes, staring out of the sea. There's all these immigrants are running behind them, running behind them, going running into the running into the sea into the boats. I mean, it's like, I mean, if it, it, it's 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 farcical. It's like a comedy film, and they're not they're not bothered. You could you, you know, and, yeah. and they they you know they aren't bothered about stopping them. And and it's and again, it's the tip of the iceberg. You know. If they don't go where the police car is, one police car, by the way, um, you know they, they go ten miles up the coast, which is where these boats are. You know these boats are laid on by the people that have, that have took the the money off these people, and and it's these. They should be cracking down on the criminal organisations in France that are running the operations to sell. You know this hope of freedom to these people. That's what they should be doing. But it, again, that's a French problem. We can't interfere. It's in it's in France, and that's it, and that's it. There's nothing we can do. And as for immigrants coming in, um, I think the only thing that ever shocked me was I, I would have to I would have to check up on the research on this. But it could only when was when 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 did we withdraw from Afghanistan? Was it was it before, was must have been October? Was it? Yeah, yeah, let's say let's say in the autumn, just just so I don't have to, to be pulled on, on the date. But when we when we withdrew from Afghanistan and they were trying to get people out of the country, um, we were still in a form of lockdown in the UK. And yeah. I don't know exactly what the statistics are, but 20,000 seems to ring a bell. And we took in 20,000 immigrants as part of our quota of immigrants from that country now yeah. no problem with that again that is helping people but that was at the same time that people had to when they came back from a foreign country into the uk they had to basically have tests they had to go yeah. to a hotel they had to stay in a hotel yeah that, so, i mean so so really we let 
20,000 people in from Afghanistan. I, I mean, I don't know what the COVID variant was in Afghanistan. I don't know what the COVID levels were in Afghanistan. But that was my first thought. Hold on a minute. Yeah. How is it okay for 20,000 complete strangers to come into this country without getting COVID? I mean, were they getting COVID checked? Were they put in? That was my biggest concern. It wasn't that we were bringing immigrants in. Another 20,000 in who were in desperation feel free mm. to come in. But again, it makes a farce of the whole Brexit thing because the whole Brexit thing is, we're going to stamp out immigration. There'll be no more of these people coming into our country. And it's an absolute... We're just being sold a lie. And I bet you, the, I bet you, a lot of the people out there who voted Brexit feel absolutely bloody stupid. They feel conned. Yeah. They feel they feel let down. And again, it's you know Boris is culpable for that, along with Farage and all the other idiots who ran around the the, the UK on a bus promoting it. It's just hypocrisies again, mate. Like what you say there. I remember actually that time. So I was thinking. You know, we're letting all these people in and during a pandemic, but yet we're also saying that our health services are at breaking point and ready to crumble. So, it can, again, it is, there's so many discrepancies and hypocrisies all the time. And it leaves the normal people on the street, like you said, Patricia, before. You're laid in bed at night and you're thinking, I just don't know what to believe anymore. I, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Go to some of the comments. I bet Steve votes Labour. Bobby, I don't vote Labour. Um, I have voted Labour in the past. I vote Labour in the local elections because the local council actually do well. Uh, the Labour council are very good where I live. Um, in the in the general election, um, I voted Liberal in the last two general elections because I don't like to waste my vote. Um, I can't vote Tory because I can't stand Boris. I can't vote Labour. Because they've had no, they've had no decent leader for the last few years now. So for me, I can't vote for either of the major parties. I vote lab, uh, liberals, so I don't lose my vote. But yeah, I do vote Labour in the in the local election, and I'm, you know, that is because the councillor. We know the councillor. Um, we never get let down. There's regular updates. This when they say they're going to do something, they do it. If there's no money, they tell you there's no money, and they tell you why there's no money. And that's what councillors really should do, and that's that's why you vote for them. John says can't uh, help thinking that all this financial pressure on the average Joe is to eventually say the answer is to rejoin the EU as a saviour. Uh, Paul says you shouldn't have voted full stop, Steve. Sorry, but if you play their game of monopoly, uh, you will lose. Steve says that you're a genuinely sound bloke, Lee, uh, with an affinity uh, for Dublin. Uh, so uh, there you go. Good stuff. Nice to get a bit of. Uh, <laughs> what's nice to get a bit of praise, isn't it, on our first night on here? Now I am going to bring on our guest who I mentioned earlier. I wasn't sure whether I, whether I would bring him on, and um, it's it's John Watt. Uh, good evening, John. How you doing, Steve? All right. I'm good to see you, mate. Thanks for popping on, mate. And um, yeah, you reached out on me uh, on Instagram last week, mate. And um, you've just had a bad reaction to the to the vaccine, mate. Tell us about it. Hi, um, I don't. I want to just say first of all, I'm not. I wasn't an anti-vaxxer and or anything like that. Um, I got my first two vaccines back last February, March, and then I got the booster jag on November, uh, twenty twenty-one. Um, basically, do you want the long version or do you want the short version? Because <laughs> Um, so basically, I had the vaccine, um, after I had the booster, mm-hmm. I didn't feel, I didn't feel too good after two or three days, um, felt like my heart was elevated, um, especially on standing, 
So when I was standing up, my, my heart rate would go from what, 60 to 120 beats per minute. Um, myself and my partner um, went and played mini golf um, about three days after the after having the booster. Um, when I was have when I was playing mini golf, my heart was just because I wear I wear a, a Samsung watch, and it tells you what your heart rate is like. And my heart rate was just just per minute, and my resting heart rate is usually sixty beats per minute. Um, and when I was playing mini golf, I said to her three times, I says, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I said, I feel like I'm, I'm going to physically pass out. Um, so eventually that passed and I just kind of let it chill out a bit. And then about a week later, I decided I'm going to go to the gym with my, my mate Ian, who you, who you know, Steve. Um, so I went to the gym with my mate Ian. And before I was even doing anything, I was just, my heart rate was just through the roof. Um, and I just felt, just felt terrible. And as things went on, I ended up, um, my colour from my face just went away. My mate said to me, you okay? And I was like, no, I says, I don't know what's going on, but this, this doesn't, I'm not feeling good at all. Um, after that, I ended up having to phone, phone an ambulance. And I went, got an ambulance, sent me away. Um, and when I got to A&E, we just thought it was a blood pressure medication issue because my blood pressure, at this time, I was kind of playing about with blood pressure medications because I was using a blood pressure medication um, that wasn't agreeing with me. So the doctors just thought I started a new medication. So they said, oh, it must be the blood pressure medication you're on. And I was kind of like, right, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll play about with blood pressure medications. So I tried about four or five different blood pressure medications. Every day I was feeling nauseous, sick, couldn't stand up, heart was elevated. Now, I've already had a heart attack at the age of 34. Um, so I've already got a heart condition. Um, and yeah, so... It's very hard for me to talk. I get like brain fog and stuff just now. So this is quite hard for me to talk right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, as the weeks went on, I was in and out at A&E constantly. Um, I was saying to them, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I couldn't stand. Um, it's now It's got to the stage now I use a walking stick to get about. Um, and also... Um, I need to sit down in a shower. I'm totally, I've got no mobility now. I need to, I need a wheelchair if I'm out in the streets. Um, I've not had a haircut in about eight weeks. Um, and as every day went on, it got worse and worse. I would wake up in the morning. I would retch every day. I would, I would be sick. I was nauseous every day. I still do get nauseous. Um, and yeah, I was just constantly in and out of hospital heart palpitations, a couple of times I would I would be doing the simplest of things. I, I, I've, I've passed out twice with us um, when standing. Um, and I've, I lost 15 kilos in weight in, in the space of six weeks. Um, and it's just been absolutely horrendous. Um, I've, I've, I had to go private. 
Um, NHS, I mean, the NHS, I mean, they, they saved my life when I had my heart attack. But when you go when you go to A and E now, you know, if you don't if you don't find anything acute with you, um, wrong or life threatening, then they dismiss you. They they say that you're fine. And I think that one of the last time I was in A and E with um with one of the doctors, I turned around to him and I said, I've lost fifteen kilos in weight in six weeks six to eight weeks. I says I've got zero appetite. I can't stand up. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Sorry to swear. But, <laughs> um, and then she she turned around and said, um, well, what age are you and what's your height? And I'm like, I'm six foot three. And she'd done a BMI check. And she says, well, your BMI says you're actually still overweight. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me on? Like, I've, I said, I've been bedridden. I've been bedridden for, like, Six weeks at this point, and I says, and I've not, I've lost weight. I says, I've, I've never lost weight that fast. Um, and as times went on, I ended up having to pay private. I ended up um, paying private, and I paid. I ended up having to get um, gastro. I had to get CT scans. I was getting cortisol checks and blood checks. It's been, it's been the worst two and a half, nearly three months of my life. Um, suicide has came across my mind if I'm being completely and utterly honest with you um, yeah. doctors don't know what to do nobody knows what, what to do and I'm so this, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life um, I'm on a I'm on a medication called Avabradine which basically controls my my heart rate so when I stand up my heart rate it, it like, like I say, if, I, if I'm lying down just now, my heart rate will be 60 beats per minute, 65 beats per minute. When I start to, to sit up, my heart rate will go about 75. And then when I stand up, just stand up, my heart rate goes to 125 to 130 beats per minute. Now, people are wondering what, people are wondering why these footballers are dropping dead. There's your answer. The heart, rate's, the heart rate's already elevated. And then they're running about a football pitch. And the heart rate's through the roof, you know. And John, John, can I ask, when you're going to the hospital and you're saying this, I, you know, I believe this is vaccine related. What are they saying to you? I, I never, I never said anything about it being vaccine related because, um, a, I was never one of the people that wanted to fall under that yeah. kind of vaccine mm. conspiracy or whatever, um. It wasn't until about three weeks ago I went to, I paid privately for a cardiologist and he looked at my heart rate and stuff and he went like, have you heard of a condition called POTS? And I was like, no, and I, I don't, I can't describe it, but if you look up, it's called something, tar- I can't remember, but um, it's a condition called POTS, P-O-T-S. Um, and he says, what's happening is your blood circulation is not getting around the body quick enough, and that's why when I when I stand up, my my, I, I, my balance is I'm so off balance. It's ridiculous. If you stand if you're sitting up for too long, you black out. Um, but when you say about the vaccine, when we went through the timeline, the 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 the, the cardiologist asked me. He says, "When did you get your vaccine?" I went November fourteenth, and he said. Um, when did this all occur? 
And I said, well, I don't know. This is roughly about November. And then I told a friend. Now, he is an anti-vaxxer. There's no two ways about it. He, he doesn't believe all that. And he sent me a Joe Rogan podcast with a doctor, right? And they sent me a clip. And this doctor basically described what I was getting. Um, he get pots and hypertension of high blood pressure. And I was just like, no, nah, this can't be, this can't be. And I asked the cardiologist, I said, do you think this could be vaccine related? And he said, well, for the last, you wouldn't be the first and it won't be the last that I'll see. And it's just like, you have no idea. I've spent two and a half months in my bed. And this is yeah. the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. And as I've argued with my GP. I've been back and forth with my GP so many times. I've told them to fuck off so many times because they kept feeding me pills. And every pill mm. they were giving me, my body, my body wasn't tolerating anything. And I'm even I'm even talking about a paracetamol. What what this mm. from from you know from watching podcast you kinda go down a rabbit hole when you kinda go is this vaccine related? And Basically, POTS is an autoimmune disorder, and the vaccines went in, attacked my autoimmune system, and when my heart, so when I'm sitting up, my heart, and but it's not in sync anymore, and my heart, and my blood's trying to circulate, and it's just, it's the worst thing I've ever, I've ever, I'm experiencing right now. Did you have any underlying health conditions, John, before this? Well, the only thing I had before, I had a heart attack in, in the year 2020. Um, that was um, hereditary. It runs in my family. Um, I had a narrowed artery, and I was in the gym working out. And uh, what do you call it? I, I had a heart attack, and I had a, an, a stent fitted in 2020. I started getting back in my feet, and I started getting back to the gym and playing golf. I started getting you know, active again in 2021. And yeah. I, feel, I feel, honestly, I feel like I've had my heart attack again. If I'm being completely honest, I feel I went back to day one and I'm I'm, I'm lying in my bed now. And the simplest, mm. the, the only thing I do in a day-to-day and the honest truth is I get up and I get a shower and then I have to, I, I come back to my bed and I need to lie down and watch stuff in bed. And, and then I'll get a, a shower at night. And I, I, I'm not even kidding. There's my, there's my walking stick. I don't know if you can see it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like awful. I, say, I mean, you, you just don't know what's wrong, and no one can tell you. It's. I think it's awful um, and mentally, you know. Yeah, they, I, I, I've told the GP. I spoke to my GP the other day, and I'm trying to tell them you need to be aware of it. Nobody heard of this. I'm getting. I'm. I'm getting A and E, and I'm like I've got a condition called POTS from mm. the vaccine, and they're like I've never heard of this. And I says, believe you me, I says if they're rolling out these vaccines every three months now, you're gonna have to get used to it because you're gonna get more mm. and more people. And there's a boy who's in in America, and he's a BMX, and he's doing a big campaign just now in Washington. And I messaged him on Instagram, and he get back to me. Um, and he says the first two to three months is the worst, the worst. Um, and he says once you get past that two to three months, you'll start to hopefully gain control of your life again. And 
There is a web, John, there's a website, I don't know if you're aware of it, mate, a website called The Yellow Card. Yeah, yeah, my, my partner's um, went on it, but all that Yellow yeah. Card is, is I'm the guinea pig. Exactly that, but it, it's like it's people's true account. Yeah, it's, the, it's people's, because obviously the government, are, they don't want you to know all the real, like your story. They will hand-pick and cherry-pick yeah. success stories or whatever they believe. But obviously the yellow card and things yeah, like that and it's making people aware of real-life issues like yours. Yeah. yeah. Like I say... I mean, um... You're hearing lots of different things happening. Uh, you know, I, I mean, never a weekend goes past now. And Lee, you'll be able to back me up on this when you, you're sitting watching Soccer Saturday and you're hearing about somebody, you know, a game being, you know, stopped for 20 minutes for somebody passing out or somebody being resuscitated in the crowd at games. And, you know, that never, ever happened. It never happened. The first one was at Newcastle United. And then subsequently over the last couple of months, it has to be said since the booster jab rollout, this is when we've heard of them. And it, it yeah. can't be, it can't be a coincidence that this is just all happening now. Um, you know, yeah, I, the, I don't the, know. The thing, I mean, the thing is, Steve, with us pots, it can be recognised so early. It's so simple. It's the simplest, I think, to discover. All they need to do is they take, they take someone's blood pressure and heart rate lying down, then sit them up, and then stand. And if their heart rate goes over 30 to 40 beats per minute, there's an issue. It's called. It's a condition called POTS, and it's so, it's so easily identified. And nobody... Every time I was in A&E, they had, they were, I was lying down in a bed and they would see me. You know, you're waiting in a &E. I've been in a &E about five to six times. Easily, yeah. No, I'd, I'd say easily 10 to, 10 to 15 times. I was doing everything. I was, going to, I was getting acupuncture. I was trying to find an answer to what's going on. Because I was retching every day, I just I did thought you, I had a gastro problem. Sean, at any point, did they give you midazolam? What's that, sorry? Did they give you midazolam at any point? I don't know, mate. I can. I don't. I don't think so. No. But like I say, I, they were they were doing these tests in me when I was lying down. So when I was lying mm -hmm. down, they were taking my blood pressure. Blood pressure was fine. I said, mm -hmm. "All right, let me stand up and walk and wait till you see my fatigueness and my weakness." I says, "I'll pass out in two minutes." And I says, mm -hmm. "Take my blood pressure once I've done a little bit of movement and take my heart rate." They wouldn't do it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm, I, I'm in and out, and they were blaming my mental health, which was fucking frustrating the life out of me. You've no idea. To use yeah. my, my mental health's been affected by this, not me being mentally. My mental health's been affected because I've been bedridden for nearly three months. Of course. Hey, and I've been retching every. I've been I've been thrown up every day and retching and losing weight, and I had I had one of the first times I. I think it was the third time I, stay, I was staying at my mum's and um, I ended up having like, a seizure at night. I just, I woke up and I was just shaking and I just they ended up rolling me into A&E, done blood tests, everything was fine. Everything, every time they do a blood test, everything's come back absolutely fine. And honestly, like, to do this just now, I get brain fog. It's hard for me to concentrate on the simplest of things. You know, my mates are my mates are, oh, you'll be loving life because you were sitting in your bed playing playing FIFA all day. I'm like, mate, I don't even have the energy to use to have the thought 
to play it. No. Do you know what I mean? I don't have the energy to use the controls, and I, it's so hard to do the simplest of tasks. And honestly, that honestly, I wish I could get this message out to so many people. I'm not sitting saying don't get the vaccine, but what I'm saying to people is, and especially GPs and doctors, is be fucking aware that yeah, if somebody's coming in to you and they're telling you they're telling you these symptoms, this is look up if you look up pots in the Pfizer, it's common as fuck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I found this, and I mean obviously there just seems to be a cry for help on this. There's there's no cure. Um, you know, lifestyle changes are often attempted before medication. There are no FDA-approved medications for POTS. There's a lot of trial and error with meds uh, that in increase blood pressure, decrease heart rate, decrease peripheral uh, vasoconstriction, decrease sympathetic tone. Current treatments are not very effective. Uh, we need more research to identify the underlying causes of POTS. And that's, that, is, that is something that's quite prevalent. You can find that on the internet. Search it. Find it. And uh, there isn't... There isn't a there isn't a cure. No, the only thing I would say that's kind of helped me in the last the last two or three weeks, I would say, is I went and got blood taken, a lot of blood taken. I was getting all sorts of blood taken for my cortisone level. So my cortisone levels came back, was coming back low. My fluoride, um, which is just basically a, 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 a supplement, I believe, so it can be taken by a vitamin. Um, my folate, is it folate? I need to double check that. That was low. And my white cells, my white blood cells were low. And all these, the thing is, all these, um, all these bloods were taken in August. So I need to get bloods taken regularly for my heart. Um, and they took my bloods back in August and everything was fucking pictured. It was fucking perfect. Every blood test was taken and it was perfect. Then they taken all these blood tests and everything's went low as fuck. So... The only thing I've done is I've bought these vitamin supplements. So I take vitamin D was low as well. So I take these these drops. Let's see if I can get them for these. Um, I don't know. I've got all sorts of stuff here. Um, I take these these drops, and I take my partner. Luckily, she's a she's a dentist, and she owns a clinic in Edinburgh, and she gets B12. So I've been I've been taking B12 injections as well to kind of. To give B12 is so crucial uh, with this condition as well. B12 will help a lot of people. Um, that's kind of helped me with the, the B12. And I take these uh, black seed oil uh, tablets as well. But this has only been the last two or three weeks that I've started to see a small improvement. I'm actually surprised I'm, I can talk to you now the way I am. I feel very lightheaded as it is just now. But my day. My day-to-day -day life now is lying in my bed. And I used to, you know, I used to go to the gym and all that. I was very, very fit and all that. Um, but I guarantee you, the footballers, if, the thing is with me, I'm, I was still conscious in my heart because I had a heart attack before. Um, these young footballers, they'll just think the heart elevated. They'll just, they'll have an adrenaline rush before they go into the football pitch. You know, my heart's, my heart's thumping. They'll just think, that's just the adrenaline pumping, you know. Mm. But they, they are, their physio can sit in the, in the changing room and lie them down, take, take their heart rate, sit them down, take their heart rate, and take their heart rate and stand it. And if their heart rate shoots through the roof, there's a fucking problem, you know. Um, but I, this is, honestly, I can't, 
it's been the worst. I, every day, I'm crying to my, my mother and my partner. It's, it's horrible. It's fucking, it's the worst thing I've ever done, honestly. Worst thing. And I never wanted that fucking booster jag. The only reason we got it is because we were meant to be going to South Africa. My partner is family in South Africa, and she thought, because we need to travel, we need, we'll have to get the booster jag or whatever. Um, and I, I was sitting there, and before I was getting, and you're sitting in front of a nurse who's going to jag you it. And I said to her, I, I don't want this. And she's like, how? And I was like, I've had a heart attack, and I'm a bit worried. Do you know what she turns? They say things to you, and I'm like, why the fuck are you saying that? She said to me, you know, I know people that didn't get the booster jag or didn't get their vaccine and didn't believe in COVID, and they caught COVID, then they died. Do you know what I mean? And then I'm just like, oh well, fuck it, give me the, give me the jag, the 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 booster jag then. But you know, but this is totally, totally flawed um, as a human being. John, do you find it's hard to, sorry, say, do you find it's harder to speak out about this because you feel people are going to label you as an anti-vaxxer and, and things like they that? Can, or you, if, if, if I was an anti-vaxxer, I wouldn't have fucking got the thing, would I? You know, yeah. if, I was, if I was an anti-vaxxer, I didn't, all these fucking, these things going about, you know, podcasts and all that, and I was like, nah, like, surely the government, they roll out these things if, if there was an issue, you know, and um, I was just like, aye, fuck it. Um, but no, I'm, I, people can say what they want. If you, if you want to say I'm an anti-vaxxer, fucking crack on. I'm fucking, yeah. you're, getting, you're, you're getting up and walking about all day. I'm lying in my fucking bed, not being able to fucking live life. So you can say what you want. I'm fucking living proof that these things happen and fucking see when it goes wrong, it goes fucking wrong. And it's fucking terrible, man. John, honestly, our you know our thoughts are with you at this moment in time, mate. And um, you know, hopefully, as time goes on, you you know they get they get to the point where they, they can help you, and you know you can get back to living your life because you know it's uh, awful and it's quite clear you're not an anti-vaxxer. When you reached out, you told us that you know you just said you know this is this is where I'm at, this is the position, and I want to talk about it, and that's why I said you know get yourself on our channel, and you've just timed it. Tying it right with us starting this oh. new program, and I think it's important that people hear about it. It raises awareness oh. for pots. That's, all, raises awareness. I, that, that's all I want to do. I just want to let people be aware because when you're going to A&E and you're going to the doctors so many times, now I ended up, they, they used my mental health against me so many times that I ended up actually going to the mental health uh, team, a mental health hospital, and told them to fucking analyze me. I says, fucking analyse me because they're telling me I've, I'm my mental health. This is my, all in my fucking head, you know? And the mental health team assessment, men like that, his mental health's affected by what's going on. And like I say, this is not, <coughs> this isn't me being here saying anti-vaccine. People, I'm, get the vaccine if you want, but let people know there's a fucking risk. The risk is this. And is there a cure for this pot? I don't know. Um, I've got a new a new um, medication I've got to start called fluidocortisone or something like that. Um, and that's supposedly going to help with the blood circulation, but it might increase my blood pressure, which I'm a bit worried about. So I haven't started that yet. But a lot of people have seen, and what they say is after two or three months, 
that hopefully this Pfizer gets out of my system. And um, I just die, and hopefully I can get back to being being normal again. Do you know what I mean? And um, I. Well, John, look, uh, keep your spirit. Keep your spirit up. I know it's easy for me to say that as somebody who can walk around uh, and live my life. But I'm sorry, listen, so, keep so, sorry for sorry. Sorry for no, don't worry about that. Just a just a mate. <laughs> don't worry about that. And listen, John, keep us up to date. And 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 look, if you ever need a chat, mate, feel free to give us a ring. Just just reach out, mate, because it can you know it must be an awful situation you're going through. And please keep us up to date with your progress, mate. And we'll always have you back on on a on a uh, on a uh, news of the world show to have a chat and just keep us up to date. But there's a lot of lot of positive comments coming from the chat. Uh, John from Cute X saying, just keep fighting, John. Hopefully soon you will get the right help and your life back. Um, and uh, yes, Mouse Charger says, yes, hope you can come on where, when you're better. Keep strong, John, says positive vibes. So a lot of positivity uh, there for you, John. Thanks for coming on and sharing your story, mate. No problem, mate. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Yeah, awful to hear that. Um, and, and again, he's not an anti-vaxxer. He's not somebody who's saying don't get the vaccine. But what he's trying to say is um, this is the position it's ended. Uh, it's laid me up. And I mean, look, you know, I, I didn't. I never I never wavered about getting it. Um, I got I got both jabs and then I got the, um, you know, then I got the booster jab. Uh, and for me, um, the first jab, I was fine. Second jab, I was a little bit nauseous. Uh, and the booster jab, um, I've got to be honest, I was fine, um, although my arm probably hurt, probably was hurting for about six or seven weeks afterwards. I, I really could still feel where that injection was. Um, maybe it was because I had to have the flu jab at the, um, roughly round about the same time. So I had I had the flu jab, and then I had the then I had the booster jab in, in quite quick succession. So you know, my arm was quite stiff, but other than that, I was fine. And, and I had the Moderna. I had Moderna with me two jabs and with me booster jab. Um, but my mindset really with a jab was you just get it because when I was younger, I had, I had all the, I had all the jabs I had the BCG and, and all of that at school. I wasn't standing there as a school kid thinking what's getting put into my arm. I just got it taken. And does that make us an idiot? Cause I'm, you know, cause you, cause you just get it. Does it make me parents an idiot for allowing us to have, you know, something that's going to prevent rubella or measles or whatever. Um, you know, look at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat. Everybody who's took it, took it. And, and, and my mindset was, if you know, my life's mapped out. If, if my time's up, my time's up. And, you know, poor John from Jab, his time was up yesterday. Uh, it just shows you life's too short. Live your life to the full. Never be afraid, you know, never be afraid to, um, you know, to chase your dreams. And, and, and essentially, you know, if you, if you don't want to get the jab, don't get it. But I wasn't going to be in that gang. I wanted to get it. So, I, Patricia, what, what, what was your feeling on, on all of this? I I was the same as you, Steve. I got the jab. Um, I I got Pfizer. I'll be honest. When I got it, I was not well for three days. I burned a temperature of forty-one degrees for three days solid. I you know it just knocked me for six. But then the second jab, I was fine. Um, I was due to get my booster actually this month, but I got COVID at Christmas. And once again, I took that really bad. I was like bedridden for three days, but you know, I got over it very quickly and I was fine. And I just would be of the same viewpoint. You know, if you don't want to get it, don't get it. Don't make other make others feel bad for I mean getting it. And I think it's it's such a 
a controversial topic. You know, I'm sometimes I'm nearly even scared to say I, I've got the vaccination and I mm-hmm. kind of try to see it from all viewpoints. When you hear a story like John's, I mean, quite obviously this this happens. It, it You know, it does. John's proof. Do we need to talk about that more? why why not john's living hell at the minute um and he should be allowed to you know just have his say and tell people his story and you know that's that's my viewpoint on it we've all got different metabolisms that's the problem isn't it we've all got different metabolisms i've just been sent literally as we were speaking then my friend um i mean i've got loads more of this probably for next week because literally she just sent it spoke to you about it last night steve um, key findings, this is Office for National Statistics So key findings, we're talking about jabs for children here 15 to 19 year olds who had one dose Have almost twice the death rate of the unvaccinated 15 to 19 year olds who had two doses Have almost three times the death rate of unvaccinated And the kids, 10 to 14, one dose is 10 times on the, Based on this, vaccinations for children should be halted I mean, like I said, I've got to look through this properly But I've just been sent it now, but if that's true, you know, the, the evidence is there. Just just hold on a minute. You're doing people yeah. more harm. I mean, look who we've just, we've, look who we've just had on. There's living proof. You can be doing people more harm. And that's the thing with all this. They've rolled it out that quick. And I guess they had to. I'm not sat here slating them, but they had to do something if there was this big killer whilst Boris was doing that. So if there was a big killer, they had to do something, um, albeit they did it later than, you know, other countries like Greece and whatnot. And we saw the effects of that. But if the evidence like this is now coming out and, you know, John's just been sat there telling us, come on, people, we're playing with people's lives. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it, it's something which is which it's a debate that's going to go on and on and on. And I think mm. we all know how long it takes to, to, to bring a vaccine to the table. And I think we all know that what we're sticking in my arm is something which is essentially, you know, it should really have taken six or seven years. It didn't. It took it took yeah, months cool. to, to come up with a vaccine. Yeah. But they needed it because of the death rate. And the death rate was horrendous. Yeah. And I mean, you know, 150,000 plus people have lost their lives in the UK. Um, it's been proven that, you know, getting the jab has actually helped. So that that's my, my take on it. But unfortunately, there are people who've got a story like John who are in a that's position cool. where their life has been probably you know, altered forever um, in some way, shape or form. And, um, you know, I mean, John from QDEC, who's a big supporter of the show, he says it's a difficult decision for people to make. When I was in intensive care with COVID, I had to sign for experimental drugs and it was scary, but uh, one saved my life. I mean, John, John really was off the scene for about five or six months. You know, he's an active guy, you know, um, somebody who looks after himself and not your stereotypical COVID victim that was painted at the start of the year, at the start of the whole process, yeah. you know, big, fat, overweight, um, you know, underlying we've health had, conditions. We've had, every category. we've had every category, haven't we? First it was the elderly, then it was the vulnerable, then it was then it was the BAME community that were most at risk, and now it's the kids. And it just seems to me, again, I mean, I know there's something there, but, I mean, I've died of flu in the UK in the last two years. Exactly, exactly. I mean, this is, the, as you say, we'll probably continue this, this next week. Mouse Charger says, in fairness, I yeah, don't know what's in a lot of the food I eat, but I still eat it. Yeah, yes, yeah. a lot of people don't know what's in the drugs that stick up the nose. It'll be the same, you know, but, you know, or or in inhale or smoke or whatever. Uh, they still do it. 
Um, so yeah, yeah it, it, that's another argument. You know, it, it, it's it's the way it is. Listen, I think that's been a great show. Uh, we've slightly run over, but I think it was only right to do that to let John have um, have his full say. Sure. I've thoroughly enjoyed that, and, and it's a breath of fresh air. And Good. you know, thanks to everybody in the chat who contributed. Um, spread the word, please share the show because for us, that's the way it gets heard. And um, you know, I just did you enjoy it, Patricia? Good show. I absolutely loved it. I loved the debate with you and Lee. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one. And thank Lee. you to everybody, everybody who commented. I'm still kind of getting used to. Um, I can't do it. I can't Thank you for being so supportive. Yes, thank you for being so supportive. Yeah. Hey, do you want to know? Listen, let's let's end on a positive. Yeah. McDonald's are doing a Big Mac chicken burger. Mm. That's a I know, positive. I like it. I like the, the chicken burgers out of McDonald's. I no, like that but one. they're doing a Big like, Mac now. It's a Big I mean, Mac we, we chicken don't burger. Them. Yeah. Big Mac chicken <laughs> burger, yeah. So listen, we, we're still, listen, hypocrites, aren't we? So I'll go and buy one. We don't know what's in them. Where can people find uh, you, Patricia, if they need to contact you? are on Twitter only, aren't you? Twitter at Trish Delvin. I also have a Facebook page. You can add me on there too. Um, you know. Okay. Good stuff, so Lee. What about you, mate? Um, on on Facebook as Lee Pablo, and then on Instagram as Lee Pablo nineteen eighty new. Great stuff. <laughs> I just want to uh, obviously dedicate this uh, to John from Jab, uh, big friend of mine. Uh, sadly missed and. Um, yeah, never forget you, fella. Thanks for everything you did. Uh, we'll be back next week. Look forward to it. Take care, Patricia. Take care, Lee. See you then. Bye. Bye, dude. Bye. 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 See you in a bit. Bye.